0: Financial anxiety, anyone? Worrying about it doesn't help. But EarnIn does. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. It's wedding season, and I've got a lot of dresses to buy and a lot of gifts to give ahead of me, so I know that's exactly how I would spend the money I got from Earn In. Make Earn In a part of your financial routine and join Earn In's over 3.5 million customers who say things like, When I think about Earn In, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in For the Girls under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. For the Girls under Podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com/tos for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. In just 10 seconds, how many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your hair. How about businesses on Shopify? When I first thought of starting my own business, I was so overwhelmed about having no idea how to start, but Shopify made it so easy, and now I have my own online store of feminine clothing and lingerie. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you grow at every stage of your business. It's your new no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design, just bring your best ideas, and Shopify will help you open up shop. And with Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify makes it that easy for you to show up exactly the way you want to. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash for the girls, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash for the girls now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash for the girls. Settling is not an option. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? (laughs) Because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of For The Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario. And today we have such a fun guest, Mindy Barnett and I'll tell you girls all about her in a second but first I just have to share because I am so freaking excited. This week I'm going to Disney. Today is the 13th when this episode comes out and then I will be leaving on the 15th and I'm just so excited. I am going with my man. He is taking me to Disney and yes he is a Disney adult which is I think quite shocking for people to hear when they've seen him or when they've met him and just the type of guy he is like they don't expect him to be into Disney but He just is. It must be some like inner child thing and he loves it. And I do love Disney too, but I have not been in so long. The last times that I went were with my best friends from high school. We went in 2013 and 2014. So basically 10 years ago. I haven't been since. I did go a couple times when I was younger. I actually went for dance competition once upon a time, like way back when. And I just, I always loved Disney. I mean, it's like the most nostalgic feeling it really brings that serotonin and so I'm like so happy to be with someone who's into that kind of stuff because I feel like it depends on the relationship that you get into if you don't go when you're younger if you don't go with your family or with your friends and when you're single and then you're with someone who is not interested in that you'll probably never go again really in your life unless you guys decide to bring your kids in the future but I'm kind of getting to live out my own inner child stuff right now and I'm so happy about that. So I'm really excited, and of course, I'm extremely grateful to be going, and I cannot wait to tell you girls all about it. There's been so many new things since I last went, so I can't wait to experience it with everything new that they've updated. And I will share when I get back, but next week's episode will be recorded now, basically, so that it could be out already while I am away, but it won't actually be recorded After I get back, if that makes sense. So it'll probably be in two weeks. I'll give you girls an update and tell you all about the trip. cannot believe that it's already here. We were talking about it all summer. And now it feels like it was just yesterday. Because I can't believe that the trip is already here. (laughs) This year is just freaking flying. So that's my little life update. I'm really looking forward to going. But I'm also really looking forward to introducing you girls to Mindy. So Mindy wears many hats. She's a celebrity publicist, an author, and a motivational speaker. She's the author of Intermission and her latest book, which we talk about mostly, You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss. And of course, that title had me hooked. After ending her 10-year marriage, Mindy entered the new world of dating. Out of the game for more than a decade, she was stunned by all of the suitors who came at her at full speed and quickly saw that dating in the digital world was a whole new territory, one that she had not experienced in the past. So naturally, we had a lot to discuss. In this conversation, we're talking all things femininity, hustle burnout, self-care, mental health, the comparison game, why it's so toxic therapy, dating, and relationships. We cover so many different things. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Okay, everyone, please welcome today's guest, Mindy. I am so excited. I was actually just saying to Mindy right before we started recording how this conversation has been a long time coming. We've been in contact for a while and I think what really like caught my eye with you specifically was the title of your book You Don't Have to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss and I was like wait okay I'm intrigued here tell me more. So now we have you on please Mindy introduce yourself to the girls tell them all about you.
1: Thanks Victoria I'm really excited to be here with you today. I admire you very much. Um and thank you for saying that about my book. I <laughs> It, it is a it is a, a capturing um captivating uh title for sure um so my quick 411 is this I um, am a publicist I'm a CEO of MB and Associates Public Relations and in a nutshell we're media strategists servicing pretty much the entire country but we are headquartered in the Philadelphia market we have offices in New York and we have a very strong presence in Los Angeles but you know I have clients kind of scattered all over the U.S. as I mentioned I started my career in television news so I went to school for broadcast journalism, was lucky enough to break into the industry. And I was an anchor reporter for a variety of TV station markets, not necessarily a variety of TV stations in TV, um, for 10 years and then segued out of it and went to, as we say in PR, the dark side <laughs> and, um, became an entrepreneur, which is, um, all unraveled in the book. Um spare you that because that's a very long and twisted story because it wasn't necessarily what I set out to do. But obviously the universe speaks for itself and I'm blessed to have this business and have had it now for 20 years. We turned 20 in December. So that's very wow. exciting. And um, in addition to that, as I mentioned, I have you don't need to be a bitch to be a boss, which is all about PR and being a female entrepreneur in today's day and age, and leading with empathy, and being a really great mentor, and also being a, an open mentee to the younger team, and things like that, um, and. A, some juicy stories along the way and um, also I wrote another book called intermission how friendships fervor and faith took me to the second act that was my first book and that they're both memoirs the um the, the intermission however is uh, more geared towards my personal story of my divorce and you know gaining courage to do that and taking a pause between just jumping into you know the your new quote act of act 2 um I also had a podcast on hiatus and definitely called The Race for the Ring, where I explored dating in today's digital age because it's very different today um, for me than it was the first time around when um, there was no such thing as an iPhone. Sound <laughs> <laughs> like a dinosaur. And then um, I also have um, I, I'm in graduate school. I'm I have a mental health coaching practice. Um, called Executive Health by MB, which um, works with women um, virtually as well as in person um, on not just their mental health, but kind of like navigating the the choppy waters sometimes of business and very solution focused. And I'll be graduating from Pepperdine University next year with um, a master's in clinical psychology, and I'll be spearheading a psychotherapy practice. Also, that's going to be geared towards uh, female adolescents and young adults. So there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I cannot help but laugh at the fact that you just like you have so much going on that it honestly, I feel like it overwhelmed me. I can't even imagine being you in that position. That is so. so I like to be
1: I like to be busy, Victoria. In fact, (laughs) in the middle of all that. I'm like now thinking of okay, I'm done school in a year, so well, what am I gonna do? I'll yeah, have my you're like but what am I gonna do with my nights? So I'm thinking <laughs> I'll like maybe do a bar, start a bar business, like bar <laughs> studio or something. I'm not even kidding. Like oh, my friends think I'm nuts. Like you're are like wait, now like, that
0: I just know? said I'll be done next year, that means I need a new project for next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I like that is amazing. Well, first of all, it, I'm just of course I'm so impressed. I think it is so admirable. It's it it also I think has a lot to do with like you said like your generation I even think of like parents and friends of parents that I know like they always kept themselves so busy like they never wanted any downtime then there's me and my generation and we're like taking our naps every day (laughs) like
1: it's better yeah it's a very different
0: it's a different way it's definitely different it is I think Um, we're just
1: so accustomed to go, 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 go. And, um, your generation is more open minded to mental health awareness and health and just maintaining healthier patterns and habits. So yeah, it's not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, in a very, very, very minor way, we have similarities because I actually was a PR girl. I studied. You were? Yeah. I studied PR And then I I had my career like outside of uh, when I graduated school. So I did like when I was in college, I did a ton of PR internships, unpaid, of course, you know, the vibes like in the city, but I had really good internships. I mean, I was doing, uh, I worked at a beauty PR firm. So we had like Dior, Gucci, like all like the really, that's awesome. It was so much fun. And then um and skincare too, like really nice, like SK2, all those brands, La Mer, like whatever. And oh so, wow, that's yeah, really good, good brand. Mod. So I used to get yeah. all free products. I loved it. And then I worked in Fashion PR out when I graduated. But it was like pretty quickly after that, that I became an entrepreneur. So similar to like what you said, I mean, I don't have a 20 year backstory. It's a much shorter version. That's okay. You will eventually. A similar pipeline. I didn't either. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I did. I, I loved, I always recommend PR. Like when I have, when I talk to younger girls who are like, I really don't know what to do. I'm like, get, become a PR major. It's the best. Like, I love it. It is a fun feel. It yeah, is. yeah. And, so yeah. going into your book, we need to talk about it. And I want to read an excerpt from it the, that I saw on your website. And we're going to talk more specifically about the book, You Don't Need a Bitch to Be a, a Boss. Um, I know you have the other book as well. This is your newer one, right? Yeah, this is a newer one. Yeah, And it's
1: better for your audience, I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I went on your website and I was reading an excerpt. And I I just want to have you break this all down for us. So, sure. This is what it says. Softness is a superpower so many mistakenly suppress, but flaunting femininity at work and in life will lead you to higher peaks to bring in more allegiant masculinity every time. In world of Me Too, women are struggling with the notion of softness and empathy while living up to the strong suitor persona in order to win at work. Compassion and femininity are superpowers, and toughness and fear will never earn trust and loyalty in the workplace or in life. While many women fight to put on their best bitch face, they should simply slip on a smile instead. So I loved this. And I want to know what this all means to you and what femininity means to you.
1: That That's a chock full for me. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of like um, divvy up what that means for me. And then I'll also share like what it could potentially mean for other people. So for me, I... I feel as though in in today's world and obviously me too is important and thank Mm -hmm. god we had that movement and changed the climate for so many women and gave them courage and strength and also you know put predators at bay for the most part thankfully um but i think after it like the the after the aftermath of it was that women are are, um, and even before it, I guess, women felt like they had to be apologetic about being female, right? They had there, it's still and even in even today's world, especially the higher up you go, and it's science and it's data, it's not just my opinion. There are many more men than women, and there's less seats at the table, so to speak. And so women feel as though they need to kind of muscle through and and fit in with the quote men and, and have like more of a masculine edge, um, you know, to them. I disagree with that. I think that we should embrace women are, Traditionally, and again, back back to science, more empathetic for the most part, where we have much more softer skills, assets, and so forth and so on, overly compassionate, um, as compared to our male counterparts in the workplace. And they're all great assets and very strong assets for corporate America. So I think if we we flaunt our unique traits, as opposed to kind of hiding them and sort of like masking them in a sense so that we fit in and camouflage ourselves to fit in with the the masculine um, colleagues that are in the C-suite, then I think we're going to be much better off. So I think um, also the other side of that is the fact that a lot of leaders, female leaders specifically, feel as though they need to quote be a bitch to be a boss right you need to be stern you need to be strong you need to be you know lead with fear you need to have people um you know worried about your next move and 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 that sort of thing because we're trying to again mask and camouflage those those softer those softer uh traits that I just mentioned and I think that's a huge mistake um I think that for a variety of reasons. I mean, I've never been one to excel when I was led with fear. Um, I think that when you show true empathy and that you care about your employees time and time again, and there's again, signs for that too, that people are going to be much more inclined to do well for you and your business or your team. They're going to be more eager to stay late, come in early. Um, You know, they, they feel as though they're cared about as human beings and not just quote, you know, employees, then you're going to have so much more um gains than than obviously setbacks for
0: sure this episode is brought to you by lola v an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous jennifer anison you know hair so iconic it needs no introduction jen's just a girl just like us and faces the same struggles we all do choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us with lola v that dilemma is history My favorite in-shower product is the intensive repair treatment because I'm so overdue for a trim and it's been so good for reducing breakage on my dead ends. The products are naturally derived, plant-based, and without silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, they're cruelty-free and vegan too. So unlock Jennifer Aniston Approved Hair at lolavie.com. As our loyal listeners, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your entire order when you use code FORTHEGIRLS at checkout. That's 15% off of your order at lolavie.com with promo code for the girls. Please note that you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. Why does applying for jobs feel like a full-time job? I'm Emily Durham, host of the Straight Shooter Recruiter podcast. And with over eight years of experience as a recruiter, I'm here to spill the industry secrets to get you hired, promoted, and paid. Whether it's looking for a new role, landing that promotion, or dealing with that toxic coworker, I got you. Listen to the Straight Shooter Recruiter podcast by moi, Emily Durham, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's help you thrive in your nine-to-five. Yeah, you know, it it makes me think too, because I think someone might might say, you know, how do you not fall into that with someone like yourself who you're so busy, you have so many things going on. And this is just kind of like a sidebar question that came to me as you're explaining. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people hear all of the things that you do, and they might affiliate that with masculine energy compared to the more like softer life. Like the there's that whole craze that's taken over TikTok. I don't know if you've seen that um, or what your thoughts are on that, but I think. It's a it's a much more glamorized way of saying like we should do as little to nothing as possible throughout our day. Yeah. Yeah. I actually did a segment about that. I forget what that's
1: called. It's there's a name for that though. Um, with the TikTok trend you're talking about. I think it's you're right. soft
0: life, soft living. I think that I don't know. That's what I see.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm not, I definitely, that isn't how I roll, but that doesn't mean it's like, as we mentioned, the healthiest way to be, and yeah. it doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. And and I think to your point, you have a, you have a very good point. I'm I'm sort of an A personality, like type A, great alpha in general, which is technically more masculine, but that's yeah. just because, that's not because I'm pretending to be that, or yeah. I'm trying to be that way because I want to excel in the business world. It, that's just my personality. Yeah. So I don't want to mask that just like I wouldn't want to mask, you know, if, if I had those B sets, you know, B traits or what have you, they, the beta, you know, um, which is equally good. So I think that to answer your question, um, I, I I'm busy, but that doesn't mean that I'm not empathetic. It doesn't mean that I'm not, I don't take the time if an employee comes in here and has a problem to listen to them. It doesn't, you know, I, I come in every morning, every day, every morning. I say hello to everybody. I ask how their weekends were. I actually generally sit and have a chit chat with them. It doesn't matter how busy I am, you know, I definitely take the time to do all of that and get to know my my employees, my clients, you know, my the folks I collaborate with. um. So I think just being mindful of the folks around you and, you know, being a, a kind person and a good person is really where I'm going with it. As yeah. opposed to like being super busy and, you know, you know, uh, always stacking up your calendar versus not.
0: Right. Right. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. There's, it's definitely, you see the shift through social media of like, you know now I, I listen i think that there's extremes on both ends there's the one mm-hmm. end where it's been really glamorized to like you said like be that like overbearing really overdoing masculine energy then there's on the other end where people are like oh, if you're, you know, if you're working so hard as a woman, like, that's no good. And e- neither end is is good. Neither end it makes any sense, really. It's ultimately what works for people. And I think there's so many ways to just embody who you are naturally. And if you are naturally kind, caring and empathetic, but also naturally more busy, and you know, you like to keep yourself going, then like, of course, you can intertwine. The two things. Exactly. I
1: mean, it's to whatever floats everyone's boat. I mean, for me, like, like, historically, I've always been a busy person. Yeah. You know, even in high school, I was like, in a variety of activities, I was a good student, I, you know, um, I, I think that that just sort of those patterns set me up for my career, and then working in television news. I mean, it's just like nonstop, and yeah. you're know, always going against the gun, and live shots, and breaking news, and all that kind of stuff. And so, that sort of also kind of created that, I guess, like pattern in, in what I like with my profession that I wanted to keep the pace of (laughs) i'm guessing i'm like trying to like analyze myself psychologically (laughs) why do i stay busy i just i also to flat out have a lot of interest frankly i mean there's a lot of things that I would love to still do or have, you know, wish I could do. And I won't be able to do for one being, I'd love to be an orthodontist, which is so rare and random. Right. But I love teeth. I'm obsessed with teeth. I think like putting braces on someone you like make them like have more inner confidence and everyone's happy there. They're walking out with like beautiful smiles. And so, I mean, but that's not, I'm not going back to I'm not going to medical school. I'm not going to dental school. Like I'm not doing that, but like, but that's like a genuine interest. I definitely think I would have been thrilled in that career, you know, but there's just, there's only so many
0: minutes in a day and you do what you have to do to, you know, fill it in. Right. I can't even believe that you said that because up until like literally that moment, I was thinking about your teeth the whole time. Cause you have perfect oh, say! Yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah, looking at your teeth the whole teeth. time. You have beautiful teeth. And I was, I scared that they were like, taking my attention I But then you said you love oh teeth. you're I'm sweet like, that makes sense
1: thanks I'm, I'm I've always been upset not just not mine but like with people's teeth I like I think it's like the first one of your first impressions like someone's yeah. smile yeah. you have pretty teeth too for the record so
0: oh thank yeah. you
1: <laughs> you're welcome um,
0: but yeah that makes perfect sense you know you have a lot of interest and I think again mm-hmm. that that also goes into the feminine energy of like from that feminine you really do things from the heart you do things that you want to do that you love to do not Mm -hmm. necessarily because you Mm -hmm. need to or have to and I think that makes perfect sense for you to like say you know I'm aligned in everything that I'm doing um simply because I actually am interested in it and I actually enjoy it with that all being said you do a lot of things of course you're a mom you're juggling running a successful business you're writing books and you're in grad school, all of the things that you mentioned, and then after grad school, you're going to have something else. So, how important has prioritizing mental health and self care really been for you to avoid going through like some serious burnout?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, because it's obviously a serious thing and something that I I work on with my coaching clients, to be honest with you, um, avoiding it, basically. Um, so for me personally, I will say a wake-up call for me in regards to the importance of maintaining my own mental health um, was during the pandemic, like many people had sort of like an epiphany, right? I was, as many people were, very stressed at home with the kids, doing homeschool, um, trying to keep my business afloat, losing clients left and right because they were shut down, and they couldn't obviously they weren't doing business so they could no longer support PR and i was just trying to figure out how to keep everybody employed and you know all the normal things everybody was dealing with so um, I would, I, I was, I felt so anxious. I felt so much anxiety and at the time it wasn't seeing a therapist or anything like that. So I just start, I knew, I knew meditation was healthy and I had tried it a couple of times before, but I'm not really one. I'm like the person that gets the massage and their mind's still racing about all of the things that you have to do or want to do. And sometimes you have some really good business ideas, like getting that massage or taking a spinning class or something. But it, at any rate, um, I was in that moment. And I started meditating. I really just pushed myself to just do 10 minutes a day. And I did like guided meditation. And I, and I also walked in the afternoon around my neighborhood just to get air and get like natural light and be outside and look at the sky and see the trees. And I did it without my phone and I felt so much better. Like, I really, really did. I felt a lot less anxious. I felt like much more um, kind of like even keeled. And I mean, I was still stressed and all uh, the world didn't change because I took a walk and did a 10 minute meditation. But the way I was able to cope and handle it um, made me feel better. So I I incorporate that um, sort of practice as, as much as I can into my day to day not every day can I get up. And I, and my I've also found that meditating in the morning is better for me because I get it out and I set my baseline at at a better level for stress. So that when I come to the office and things happen, which they inevitably will every single day, um, I'm able to react in a better, from a better place, as opposed to starting from a higher stress level of a baseline. Um, but at any rate, not every day. Like today I couldn't, I had to take my kids to school out of the blue. Like one needed a ride, like, cause she has a PSA. SAT tests like never told me like stuff like that so I'm like oh you just cut into my meditation (laughs) but like but but you know I but I do really try to to at least do some things um on a on a regular basis to try to keep my stress levels at at a minimum um whenever I can control it and then I also do self-care I mean I I, you know I before a shower I like do dry brush on my skin I like light a candle um I'm intuitive in the shower with my, you know, I'm like, just like, I'm like, you can meditate taking a shower, like and not meditating, like, oh, but like, <laughs> like you can, like, when you're doing the scrubs, just feel like the, the scrub on your skin, like feel the water, like observe it and feel it and be mindful about it. And then you'll be more relaxed when, when it time, comes time to go to bed or, it, you know, go to work or whatever it may be. Um, so there's lots of ways that you can incorporate self-care that's really much needed, um without like carving out like 30 minutes a day out of your already jam-packed schedule you can weave it into like your normal activities too which is what I try to do Mm -hmm.
0: so important so important I've experienced you know that burnout phase and it it makes you want to do nothing and that's because you did you didn't prioritize yourself in the midst of doing all the the craziness you know it was like Mm work 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 and nothing else and then no no really no downtime or no me time no self-care time and so when you do hit that burnout phase it's just it's a lot it's a lot to overcome it's a lot to get through and I think everything you just said is what I after that started shifting into doing so that this way when you are busy and you are doing things you still make those little windows and little pockets of time for yourself so that you really don't have to you don't get into a phase of being like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to work at all. You know, that's a, that's a, no, that's very situation. unhealthy and it can lead to other
1: problems. You know, it can lead to depression. It could yep. lead to, you know, general anxiety disorder, which is like an ongoing thing. And, you know, it's a lot of mental health is also, you know, um comorbid with like physical issues. So it can lead to like, blood pressure and heart disease and like a host of things. So it's yeah. very important that everybody listening do what we're saying. Even if it's <laughs> like you know, like walk into the office or like don't do that. Don't check your email. Like that's all. Look yeah. at the trees. Like look at the the cars on the street. We depending on where they are, you know, like that kind of stuff. Just to try to keep your stressors as controlled as you can because we can't control the, we can't control our environment, but we can control ourselves. So.
0: Absolutely. Control the controllables. That's what I always say. Control what you that's good. control. And that's it. Yeah. All of this leads to another thing that I've heard you talk about, which is compassion fatigue. That's actually really like prominent now because of the world we're living
1: in. People are already starting at a very stressed out version of themselves because of just, you know, obviously the the, the climate um, with the news and all of the negativity and. The war certainly that's going on as we record this and stuff like that. And then, so take that, right? And you're already like feeling a little bit like, oh, angst and so forth. And then you're on the phone with your friend and they just broke up with their boyfriend and you're like listening because you want to be a good friend and, you know, you want to, you know, that's part of being a friend. And then maybe you're dealing with a coworker who is having a, a fight with their sister and then like, you're dealing with that, like listening to them and trying to like, give them some advice or just be like a sounding board on and then maybe you're talking to like your dad or your mom or whatever and they're they're talking about something that's bothering them you know and you're absorbing everybody else's drama okay I I mean that's not that's not a (laughs) that's not a a clinical term but like for the purpose of this podcast we'll call it that and then and and that's nice because you're being a good friend sister mother daughter whatever but then you're like, Oh my God, I'm exhausted. And these things aren't even happening to me. So it's, it's basically setting boundaries protecting yourself being there but also being um uh you know mindful of your own boundaries and what you can withstand um and not being like the sponge to everybody and everybody that needs something from you mm-hmm. so it's it's much more like that could be a whole podcast in, in of itself but it's it's much more involved than than what we're saying um in that in that regard in terms of just being there so to speak for for a loved one that needs to talk to you because it's something to be really mindful of because that light burnout, it sort of creeps up. And then all of a sudden you feel very overwhelmed, depressed, anxious. And I think that's especially something people that have um, ongoing issues with a family member or a loved one going on. Like if someone god forbid is passing and like you're dealing with a lot of phone calls with your with a a parent because maybe like a grandmama or a grandpa is you know that kind of thing you need to obviously be there it's your family member but you need to also protect yourselves too so that's just important in terms of like making sure you're you're being um you know cognizant of your boundaries and and what you can handle emotionally
0: yeah i mean people's people don't realize that we absorb other people's energy. And Mm -hmm. this is when it also even comes to a point of possibly having to end some friendships or some relationships, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if it's bad energy and you're absorbing their energy, say that you have a friend, I could totally relate, say that it's a friend who is constantly like in drama and they're always going to you about it. And it's not Mm -hmm. just like silly drama. It's like things that are just so beneath you at this point like how do you always end up in these situations you know how are you always Mm -hmm. going through this nonsense and fighting with this one and that one like it's so much for what for a person to absorb when someone else is whether it's constantly victimizing themselves or just constantly in a really like a dark place of of fighting and whatnot with other people and drama and you know when I, I I say I relate because I've had friendships like that where most of the time I felt like actually you're wrong like and they're coming to me because they think I'm gonna say you know you're right or I can't believe yeah I that and yeah. you have to let those friendships go because there's that fatigue that comes and I think it's worse than hustle burnout I think it's it's like a, a I know a compassion burnout of just I can't keep talking to you about this I can't keep listening to this like you I are that that energy I'm absorbing from you is creating anxiety in my life that I don't even need to have. I don't need to have this anxiety. I don't need to feel this burden. I don't need to feel this way. It's your your anxiety that you're just transferring over to me. And then after those treacherous phone calls, they feel better like a and then you lifted. feel worse right yeah, they feel like a weight was lifted off their shoulders yeah. they got to vent and they got to trauma dump and pile everything onto you and now you leave feeling like you just know. carried their burden it's
1: very them. hard it's it's very very hard and it's very difficult people say that to me like because now I'm gonna you know I'm obviously in in the process of becoming a therapist, like how are you going to handle that? I'm like, because it's different when you're a friend and like you, you literally do absorb it when you're a therapist, you hold it in your hands for the person, but there's like that detachment. Like you don't know a lot about, like, they don't know anything about you. They're not supposed to, and you only know about them, what they share. So you don't, these aren't like your friends, that you're not supposed to treat your friends. It's a totally different situation. So I say that because if you know they should talk to therapists, <laughs> yeah. you know if, if if it's something that that bothers them, and I know and in regards to like we all have had that friend with that keeps going back to that bad guy and like that broken record story, and they, you know it's the same thing, same thing, it's this vicious cycle, and it's like how much can you? handle of that or it's the friend that continues to take 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 like you were mentioning and like what are they giving like when you need it you know so it's very important that I, I always recommend doing this like twice a year I call it cleaning house right where you like do an edit where you look at like you know people in your lives that you can you know remove or push away um that aren't serving you, and you know, not to cut them off, you can love them from afar. You yeah. just don't need to like take on all of that negativity on a regular basis because it's yeah. not good for you.
0: So. Yeah, you don't need to be their go to phone call anymore. And just a, a sidebar something that I tell my clients, you know, in regards to this specific dynamic, I always say how important communicating honestly is because you say that say that that's your mission that's your thing is like okay I'm not going to cut this person out of my life altogether but I'm no longer going to take these types of draining phone calls where they just Mm -hmm. like completely shit all over Mm -hmm. me during my day like I'm just not going to do that um Mm -hmm. but then say that person calls them they tell them oh I'm really busy oh I'll talk to you later whatever and then they just don't call them back they start playing this like like you know mixed signals game of like it it's going to make the other person ultimately want to know what's wrong or what's going on because it feels like my friend is ghosting me or she says that she's busy she said that she'll call me back but then she never does i say you being that person is extremely important to be super honest because then you could at least tell your friend instead of lying and saying oh i'm really busy let me you know talk yeah. about you later you yeah, just say honest. honestly i really don't have the space for this right now like i just I have my own stuff going on. I really can't have this conversation. Like this is like really weighing on me, you know, taking a toll on me, so on and so forth. And at least being honest with that person means you can keep a friendship. You just won't be that friend for them anymore. You just won't be the person that they go to in that way. Exactly. then, Then the thing is, if you say, oh, I'm busy right now. Then they'll think, okay, then I'll call you later and tell you when. Right. Or the they're waiting party. by the phone
1: for you to call them back. Yeah, no, 100%. Reality, you That's don't more.
0: to tell you at all. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's more along the lines of the compassion fatigue and the boundary yeah. setting, as opposed to doing like the edit that I was mentioning, just to clarify. But yeah, 100%. It's very yeah. important. And it's very important to be honest.
0: Yeah. It's,
1: it's hard for people pleasers like me to always like, be brutally honest. With. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, don't but... want to lie either because then you're not doing anybody any favors, including yeah. yourself. So,
0: yeah. I'm also curious in this same uh, kind of realm of a conversation talking about the burnout. I think one of the biggest factors in burnout is the comparison game. Women often feel like they need to do more than someone else that they're seeing or doing better than someone else that they're seeing. They see everyone around them as competitors rather than in a positive way. It, it really translates negatively, especially with social media, but would you say that there's a healthy version of this comparison or competition instead of being super unhealthy or toxic when having Ab- that?
1: Absolutely. Victoria. I actually talk a lot about that in, in my book. You don't need to be a bitch to be a boss, to be honest with you. um, I call it like competition versus like um a healthy, a unhealthy competition versus healthy competition. So unhealthy competition as you were describing it can lead to some some degree to it can contribute to burnout i think the main thing of burnout is truthfully like the work from home blurred line that we are dealing with right now in general um but it at any rate yes 100 percent. when people are like looking like if they're running a race and you're kind of looking over at the other lane to see where you're where the competitor is like in in their their own race you need to just obviously focus forward and look for the finish line yourself um but that's easier than said than done especially with social media and all of the above but uh, so uh, healthy versus unhealthy I'll give you two comparisons okay and I'll just use myself as an example um so I'm in PR and I'm looking at um a colleague who's who has a PR firm too and I'm seeing you know she's doing all these fancy events and she's got this big client and she just did this TV segment, um, and all of these things. And I'm like, Oh, I want to be like her. Why is this not happening to me? Why am I not getting those accolades? Why am I not doing that? Or you look at somebody like sets either the same experience as you, or maybe more or not or less. Cause they, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't be successful mm-hmm. if you have less experience and you, you feel some sort of like, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say praise, but you feel, um, I guess, a sense of pride for that person. Um, but you also you, you also aspire to have all of those achievements or similar achievements to them. But you you look at them more to like emulate them. You emulate them. You want to be like them. You don't want to you're not mad at yourself. You're not kind of like putting yourself down and beating yourself up because you're not there today. You're saying I could do that tomorrow. And mm-hmm. you're trying to set your own goals to to achieve similar Conquest. I mean, it, it may not be exactly the same accolade. It may not be exactly the same segment. It may not be exactly the same client, but you're in that, I guess, space of, um, I guess, in that realm of whatever realm that they happen to be in, in that moment that you're hoping to get to. Does that make sense? Yeah. So It's more inspiration as opposed to negative Feelings and like feeling like, you know, self destraught and just like angry with yourself and putting yourself down and like, is that horrific? And yeah. that's when we say get off social media, <laughs>
0: <Or> <laughs> view those
1: profiles and stop doing that because that's not going to make anybody any 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 better it's going to make yourself worse it's going to like you're, you're not going to be focusing on your own business you're, you're like comparing 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 but if you're looking with for inspiration um you know
0: for for future hopeful gains then that's a good thing I think that the whole unfollow thing is something you could throw into your edit <laughs> when you're like getting rid of certain things like all right who else could I unfollow here um, yeah yeah, yeah. I, think that, I think that makes perfect sense. There's there's no harm in seeing someone that, you know, maybe quote unquote has what you want and you say, okay, that's a goal for, you know, something I want to work on as opposed to saying what she has means that I lack, you know, uh, I what she has or that means that's that exactly right. not enough for me. Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. totally. Um, I actually, I want to shift gears now because we've talked a lot about feminine energy and mental health, of course, but Mm -hmm. I want to see how you apply those to relationships as well. Aside from the workplace, you mentioned you had a divorce, you went through a divorce, you ended a 10 year marriage, and now you're in the new age of dating. So what is all of that like for you? What practices are you following in regards to your mental health, your self-care, your feminine energy and whatnot? Well,
1: I want a boyfriend. Let it be <laughs> known and let it be said. Um, but I'm um, to that, I'm not settling, right? so i I'm very happy. And not that I wasn't the first time I was single, but I'm much more mature and older and wiser and more life experience. And I have two kids that are obviously my priority right now. I have a 12 and a 15 year old. Um, but I, I do date. I'm definitely dating. Um, I have been in a few relationships, um, nothing substantial in the sense that I'm didn't get engaged and get married and all of that, mm-hmm. yeah. but I have been in, so I've been divorced. It'll be, it'll, well, seven years, it'll be eight years in June. So uh, crazy because now I feel like I'm almost divorced as long as I've been married (laughs) but at any rate um I I think I'm just more um I'm more selective I don't want to say I'm picky because I think that's kind of like not a nice way to put it but I'm more selective because I am really happy with my life I um very um comfortable in my own skin. I am independent. Um, um, and not because I'm, in, you know, alpha, I'm just, I've had to become independent because I don't have life partner and you know, all of that. And it's different when you're single the first time and you're doing things on your own. And then you, you go and you're in this like life, commitment with somebody and then you you know you kind of like let your guard down in the sense where you like really like you know you share everything like we had kids together we do house together you know finances like all of that I've always thankfully had my own business and I I'm very grateful for that because that's sort of like and I talk about that in the first book it really helped me um feel a little bit more independence and have the financial freedom to to get divorced so I have a lot of friends that I, I don't want to speak for them, but I would venture to say they probably would contemplate separating <laughs> if um if they had a different financial um dynamic with their husbands. But to that, um I I am more in in tune with myself and I know what I want. And if you know that person comes into my life and they're not presenting with the things that I think I deserve um, or know I deserve, I should say, or you know, what I'm looking for in a partner, then there's no room for them in my life. You know, I have a ton of friends, you know, really great, like girlfriends and, um, guy friends too. And, um, as I mentioned, my children and my businesses, and I'm full, I have my parents, I have a sister, like, I feel very full whoever comes into my life. And I do want to, I do want that, um, will be icing on my cake. It won't be like the eggs and the batter and all of the other things that answers your question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, of course, it, it makes perfect sense. There, There's no reason to settle. And luckily, like you said, like you have your own life going for you. So you don't feel the need to, you don't feel like you have to settle. And I think a lot of people struggle in that area where th- they, they feel like they just, they're just going to take what they can get. Maybe they've never given themselves the best of anything. Maybe they've never really like held themselves accountable to higher standards and so that's why in relationships they don't hold you know people Mm -hmm. to higher standards.
1: And I'll say this, if I may, um, just for your listeners who might be not married yet, or, you know, they, they're still single and they're not in relationships. So this is like, um, I love, I love my, This is going to sound really mean. Cause I do love my ex-husband. I love him as a person. He's always going to be my family. We have a really good relationship as co-parents and we're friends. Um, and he'll always be my family, as I said. So it's to that, um, I would say I got married when I was 30 and I loved him, but you know, I felt like it may not be right. There was a, a, I wasn't, 100% sure that he was the quote one. And um, I think I was at an age where I wanted to have kids and I wanted to do things. And I wanted, I wanted a lot of things (laughs) in that way. And so I don't want to say settle because I didn't, I didn't, I was never like that. Mm -hmm. But I think I I think that I accepted more than I would now. In, in that relationship, not even with him. It's just the type we're just different, right? So it's not that he did anything wrong, but I accepted more than I would today because I wanted X, Y, and Z. And Now, looking back, I do want to have another life partner. I do want all of those things, but whoever I end up with isn't, and it's okay, but they're not ever going to be the biological father to my children. We're never going to be like that original family unit. I'm never going to have that. I accept it. These were my choices. It's fine. But I would say, having known all of this, I would tell everybody listening to wait. If you're not a hundred percent sure. Wait, because even if you don't think that person's ever coming, they're going to come. They are eventually coming to you and you'll have everything that you want with that person when the timing is right. And I know that sounds like a bunch of like nonsense because no one knows and no one has a crystal ball, but that would just be my advice for everybody listening. Yeah. being a little bit older than maybe some of your listeners. (laughs) No,
0: of course not. No, it's completely valid. And I also wanted to ask you about something that has come about. And especially since you are becoming a therapist yourself, there's this Mm -hmm. newer trend of enrichment couples therapy Mm -hmm. that I think that you're familiar with. So what is this all about and how important would you say that this is in relationships now?
1: This is a really growing area of couples therapy. It's awesome, um, and people embark on it not necessarily when they're having a hiccup or a problem or a spat, so to speak. It's something that they do like proactively. So. When things do come up, they they're coming from a place sort of like you protect yourself from burnout, but this is like a, you know, a protector for, for relationship, you're coming to a place with a stronger foundation. So you come in and you just talk about whatever's going on, like the week before, or if you go twice a month, like whatever has encountered has occurred, um, you know, good and bad and sort of work it all out. You learn um, more stronger skill sets with communication is, um, even though I am a communicate and you are too it sounds like because you worked in PR like communications you know professional um when it comes to relationships and the day-to-day it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best communicator and believe it or not the breakdown of all relationships um what well I shouldn't say all the majority of relationships whether it be an infidelity or what you know finances or you know um neglect it stems from communication that is the that is the root of I'd say probably 90 ish percent of problems in relationships. So this is just a really great way that you can come in and talk to a therapist and sort of like flesh out the data. Cause we all have little issues. They all come up. And when you don't address them um, when you do have a big issue, it could be a big problem. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's really good too. If I may just throw this in for people before they get married, because when you're getting married, um, you get engaged, everything's great, you're planning your wedding, having a party, the honeymoon, everything's happy and, you know, um, like blossoming and everything's great. But, you know, you don't enrich in, in when you when you're engaged, you talk about really bigger issues that could come up once you're married like finances and working and like what are you going to do with the kids and religious issues and whatever it may be it's sort of a forum to have like an open conversation with um basically someone that can kind of navigate that with you
0: yeah I mean like you said it's a proactive approach instead of trying to fix something afterwards it's right all about preventing it it's a much more abundant way of looking at Uh, the relationship and looking at therapy. I think most, I mean, speaking for the couples that I know personally in my life, I think most of them are not interested in the idea of couples therapy because it sounds like why, how is somebody else going to help us fix our problems, which to each their own, absolutely. But I think something like this would almost have those same exact people changing their minds around to see it as a much more like, no, this is not like, oh, we have these big problems that we need to work through. It's more like, let's let's scratch the surface a little bit on like better communication uh, practices and just more fulfilling ways to be, you know, a couple and to be with each other. And also just like how to serve each other better as a better partner before getting to that point of needing to like- I've- fix things the point
1: of no return or yeah. yeah disarray it's sort of like you go to the chiropractor to avoid a back problem so you go to the therapist to avoid like relationship issues and i think like in today's day and age mental health is much more accepted um and acceptable and um, that i think that that takes some of the stigma hopefully away with what you know couples might feel go there's a problem and something's wrong with us if we have to go to a therapist kind of
0: thing yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah Yeah, it it is it is all like a a stereotype or a stigma Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. of it meaning a bad thing per se when it doesn't exactly have to be um and like you said you know this new day and age of dating and relationships and all that everything is you know evolving and transforming and and just changing in all different ways and so now for you as someone who has been married and has gone through a divorce and is now dating in this era what are the biggest lessons that you've learned that you would want to share with the girls who may be in a situation like yours like what would you like for them to prepare what, what do you suggest for them to prepare for well,
1: my biggest lesson was just what I had shared a little bit earlier in regards to like not feeling like you're racing against a clock um not that that's how I felt, but I think I had a little bit of that inside of me in you know, all honesty, looking back and reflecting and just being completely honest and authentic with you um but I think just you know being patient with the apps. I find them to be um, a challenge in the sense that it's very time consuming. So I think just like you're intentional with your career or whatever you goals you set out for yourself, you need to kind of make, um, you have to be somewhat intentional on if you're doing the apps, you have to be somewhat intentional with the apps. Um, and I would just kind of stick with one because otherwise, you know, you're going to be kind of spreading yourself thin and just make that it doesn't necessarily have to be the same one all the time, just like one at a time is kind of, where I'm getting at. Um, cause some months, some are better than others. <laughs> at least that's what I'm finding. Or maybe I've just gone through the good ones and then I'm stuck with <laughs> the weeds. But, um, at any rate, uh, that would, that would probably be my, my biggest piece of advice in dating and just, um, you know loving yourself first and i know that sounds really cheesy but it's true like you can't really give to somebody else until you're really happy with who you are and where you are and accepting of yourself too so if that takes some time and you need to work on that as we all need to from different you know stages in our lives then i would say do that before you can like jump into the dating pool because that's like
0: the first that's the first step towards love you know loving yourself obviously absolutely absolutely the dating apps are rough and, and I I think exactly what you said is is valid and it's true fill up your own cup first before you're out yeah
1: there, you know are you are it. you single Victoria What's your dating oh no, I have a
0: boyfriend oh good. The new, That's good I was always single I was single I never had like a serious relationship I had boyfriends when I was younger but uh-huh. I was single really for 10 years until this year now. I have a And how did you guys mean? It's actually a funny story. Um, I mean, everyone on my social media knew I was single just because I always was. I never posted a guy. I've always made it known mm-hmm. that I was like, I was on apps. Sometimes I would get set up, like I would go out with people and I would make little videos, like get ready with me for a date and whatnot. So everyone knew That's I was fine. single. And so I was doing... A Q&A on my story like just answering questions and someone had said something like um, I don't even remember what the question exactly was but it was something along the lines of what are your values really in a relationship And when I was talking and explaining I had a girl who had just been following me for a few years no one that I knew I didn't follow her she wrote to me and was like, I actually have someone that I feel like you really like would align with. Like, I know this is really random because... Oh my God,
1: that's amazing. Because
0: like, you don't know. That would be my dream. Yeah, (laughs) like, exactly. And, And so... I was like, oh God, of course I was a little nervous because this is a stranger. So it's not someone who knows me personally. They know me from social media. Right, but right, right, So, right. you know, sometimes people tend to think of their guy friends as like, oh, but he's the best. And I'm like, he's yeah. the worst.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. He's from New York too, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's an awesome story. I
0: know, right? It's actually, it's quite funny, yeah. Whenever people ask, I'm like... It's almost as modern as modern day romance can get, minus the app, because we didn't actually meet on an app, but we met through, you know, because I mean, media.
1: That's cool. That's it goes to show that there's obviously a lot of good social media can do too. Aside from boosting people's careers and like (laughs) whatever. I just mean like personally, because you get so much flack, like there's so much negativity around it and how unhealthy it is for people, especially younger people, like kids and things. But it's also good. It's a lot of good. So
0: that's good. That's an awesome course. It's just like anything else in life. There's the good and the bad. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it really depends on. I always say social media is a tool. It depends on how you use it. You know, you yeah. can be someone who uses it for good and for their platform and their career and whatnot, or you could be someone who has fake Instagram pages that shits on people all day and yeah, negative comments on people's pages. Yeah. You know, it just depends on
1: how you use the tool. No, so, I know, I know. It's, it's funny it's, as you said that. I'm going to say this. You're, you're probably going to think I'm like a, a psychopath. So as you're saying the tool, I'm like, oh it's like a knife. You can use it to cut an apple, or you could just to stab someone in the back. Perfect, <laughs> perfect, right there. I, I love <laughs> that explanation. <laughs> <It could be laughs> A, a butter, butter knife, knife or butcher yeah, or it could be like a butcher knife. I <laughs> yeah. I think I'm like thinking of like um Jeffrey Dahmer. I was like learning about him from my <laughs> listen it's Halloween one of my, is my personality
0: disorders. <laughs> it's Halloween vibes right now. All right. Yeah, true. Halloween. That's right. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Oh. Yeah. This conversation really was amazing to sum it all up between the feminine energy, the mental health, the career, the dating, whatever comes to your mind right now. Do you have any last words on your heart to share with the girls?
1: I just think that you need to everybody and myself included has needs a friendly reminder just to be patient with yourself you wake up one morning and you're not feeling like your best self like that's okay it just go with the flow you don't have to be happy every second of your life that's just not natural nobody is happy all the time and just like you know the the tide comes and goes emotions come and go so if you're in a bad place this too shall pass if you're really happy Unfortunately, that too is going to pass. You just need to be realistic about what our expectations are and everything you see on our awesome social media isn't always like reality. So just stop comparing and just look at yourself in the mirror and, and focus on competing with who you
0: see with every day if you can. It's so true. Thank you so much for that. This was so much Thanks for
1: fun. having me. It's so fun.
0: And that is all we have for today. Thank you girls so much for listening. Until next time, girls.